Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men video broadcast, and it is good to be here this evening. And uh, tonight we are doing our Tuesday night Bible study um, in the book of James, chapter 2. So uh, ho hopefully you guys are ready for that, and hopefully you guys will learn something from this and be blessed by it. Amen. Now, <clears throat> a couple of things before we begin. Um, I am doing my broadcast a little bit differently um, because I am taking a fairly long a fairly lengthy long break from Facebook. Um, Facebook has just gotten too, um, just too overwhelming lately. And, uh, so I have made the decision to, to take a break from Facebook for a while, um, lay low from Facebook for a while. And, uh, I am going to be doing, still be doing my videos, um, but I will be pre-recording them um, by the camera on my phone, and I will be um, doing the preaching and teaching from the camera on my phone, and um, then I will post it on YouTube and Facebook, uh, not Facebook, but YouTube and Sermon Audio, and my aunt, I'll... And also my ministry blog as well. Okay, so you keep me in prayer for that. And um, you pray for my ministry. You pray for me. You pray for the preaching. Um, devil's just been kind of getting at me for a little bit now. So just you pray for me. And, uh, you know, just pray that God would be glorified in all of this. Amen. Um, and uh, with that said, I do have I do have another announcement. Um, on the 24th, there will be no Fishers of Men broadcast on that Sunday um, due to uh, the fact that I will be preaching Sunday. So I will be recording that um, as well, both by uh, probably actually I'll probably just uh, I'll probably just record it um, from my iPad and. Um, and, uh, you know, be able to record it from the camera on my iPad. And then I will get that dispersed on Sermon Audio as well as YouTube as well. Okay, so the 24th, mark your date. Um, I'll be preaching that night. Um, I am going to be, I already know what I'm going to be preaching on. It's going to be just some things that God has been sort of helping me with lately. And uh, hopefully it will be a blessing and a encouragement to you. Okay, so you pray for me on that. Uh, you pray for my message. To, you pray for the, the lesson tonight, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? So uh, with that said, I don't have anything else uh, to go over. And um, with that said, we'll go ahead and we'll get started. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to James, the book of James. And uh, we're going to read... and. Uh, through tonight, chapter 2, in verse 1. And uh, we're going to read through the whole chapter, hopefully, and uh, talk about some things and go through some things. And uh, we'll go ahead and get started. So James chapter 2, we'll start in verse 1. <coughs> James chapter 2, verse 1. It says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with respect of persons. Okay. Now, we are not to have 
respect of persons. Now you might ask yourself, well, what is respect of persons? Well, respect of persons is showing favoritism. In other words, you favor one person over another. And we have to understand that favoritism uh, or respect of persons is sin. Okay, It is not biblical to show respect of persons. It's sin. And we have to understand um, with God there is no respect of persons. Everybody gets saved the same way and not any different. Okay, the the foot of the the ground of the foot of the, of the cross is level. Okay, so anybody can come to the cross and get saved, and uh, there is no there is no favoritism amongst God. Okay, God does not favor me over you. He does not favor you over me. God loves us. He loves us equally, but he also loves us individually, but he loves us with the same love. There is no different love that God has for his people. And because God has that same love for everybody, we ought to have that same love for others. Okay, so we are not to have faith. Uh, We're not to we're not to have our faith um, in Christ with respect to persons. We're not to favor one group or another. We're not to have. We're not to favor. Um, you know. We're we're to treat everyone equally. Okay. We're we're not to favor anybody. We we ought to. Um, not we're not to favor anyone over someone else. Is what I'm saying. Okay. So there, there is. We ought to have no respect to persons. Okay. Now. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. Okay? So we see we are not to have respect of persons in judgment. So don't judge someone the way that you should and then just let someone else go lightly no we are to judge righteous judgment but that judgment that righteous judgment that we are to judge we're to um bring forth to everybody it is not just one um it is not just one for one person and not for another okay it's we are not to have respect of persons in judgment in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons. Okay, so again, God is not a respect of persons. He's not going to favor uh, me over you. He's not going to favor you over me. Okay, God's love is equal at the cross. It The, the, the ground at the cross is level for everybody to come. God says that it's not God's will for any to perish, but for what? All to come to repentance. Okay? So all come for all for all men everywhere to come to repentance. Amen. So God does not favor one particular group over another. He loves us equally and individually. Amen.
<coughs> now, in verse 2, this is where James is going to explain his statement in, for, in verse 1. For if there came unto you your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit there under my foot's under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? You see, God does not call. He calls the poor. He calls the weak and beggarly and foolish and poor things of this world to confound the wise. Okay, in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 8 it says, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. Okay. Now in Matthew chapter 25 verse 34, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come you blessed of my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now let's go back here. It says here, and in verse 5, that the poor of this world and rich in faith. Now, keep in, them, keep in mind, God chooses the poor of this world, but they are rich in faith. Okay? Now, and heirs of the kingdom, which has promised to them that love it. Okay? So, poor. So, as born-again believers, we are we're not we're not rich people we're poor okay physically we don't have much but what we do have is what we do have is, is Christ and we can give we want to share Christ with everyone but we're rich in faith okay so even though we might be poor it's it's faith that we're rich in and so when we're heirs of the kingdom, we are that means that an heir is someone who is a child of is a child of some sorts. So if you are a child of God, that means you are an heir of salvation. You are an heir of the kingdom. Okay? Because at the, at the end it says, which he has promised to them that love him. God loves his kids. Amen. God loves his kids equally. And so we see here in Matthew 25, 34, he's going to say to the righteous or to those who are born again, the saints of God. He says, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. So we are heirs of salvation when we when we are born, truly born again. And filled with the Spirit of God. Okay, when we're sealed by the Spirit of God, we are made children of God. 
and therefore, if we're made children of God, we are we are co-heirs with Christ. Means that we inherit the kingdom that's prepared for us from the foundation of the world. Amen. That's a good promise to stand on, especially when you go through rough times. <clears throat> okay. Now, in verse 6, it says, But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? So we see here in Proverbs 18.23, it says, The poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly. In Proverbs 22.7, it says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower, the borrower, the borrower is servant to the lender. And 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. And finally, um, in this section of verses, before we move on, in Isaiah, in Isaiah 43, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7, it says, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him from my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. So the reason why you are created and the reason why you are put on this earth is what? To get is for his glory. We are to glorify him with our with our bodies, our actions, with our words, with what we do for Christ and for his kingdom. Okay? So we are created for his glory. We're not created for our own glory. Okay, we are created for his glory, not our own. So that means that our purpose here is to serve Christ, to serve God, to, to worship and glorify him, and to do his pleasure, not our own pleasure. We are to do the Father's pleasure, not our own. Amen. Now, Let's pick up here and uh, starting here in verse 8. Okay. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Okay. So we, we ought to love our neighbor as ourself. Okay. We are to love the Lord your God. We're to love the Lord our God with our with our whole heart, with our whole soul, and our mind and strength. And then we're to love our neighbor as thyself. Okay. Now in Romans, and and if you if you love thy neighbor as thyself, you will fulfill that royal law. Okay, Romans 13, Romans chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that love another hath fulfilled the law. Because think about it. Okay, we're, to, we're, to, we're, we're here to 
um, love our Lord, love the Lord our God. But when we love God, we will love our neighbor. And when we love our neighbor, we love God. So they work intermingle, intermingly. Can't have one without the other. Okay. Um, that's why when you love one another, you fulfill the law. Half of the Ten Commandments, that the last half, deal with loving your neighbor. Okay? The first half deals with loving the Lord your God. Now, um, in Romans chapter 13, verse 10, it says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Okay. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 is that thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Amen. Now, let's continue on here in verse, verse 9. Now, James is getting again back into being a respect to persons. But if you have if you have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Okay. So we see that we're to love our neighbors. And then he gets into respect of persons again. Now, how does that? How does this go into? Okay. Well, before we get into that, let's let's go to Leviticus nineteen eighteen. It says, "Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord." And James four eleven, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law. And judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Okay. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. It says, bear ye one another burdens, and so, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay. So again, we are to, that's how we love one another. We're to bear each other's burdens. Now, when you have respect to persons that you love him and don't like him, or you favor this person over this person, that is a respect of persons. And you're, you're, you're having um, favoritism. And favoritism, when you have favoritism and you have respect over one person over another, you're not loving your neighbor. You're not loving your neighbor. Do you know why? Because you're lo you're loving him, but you don't like him. So if you're gonna have if you're gonna love this person but hate this person, you're not fulfilling the law. You're being a you're, you're actually being a hypocrite by by loving one person and hating one hating another. You're being a hypocrite, a two faced hypocrite. Don't be that way. Okay, we are to love all people. The question is, I got, I got a question for you. Do you love? Are there just? Do you love people enough to tell them the truth about where they're going? Do you love 
people enough to tell them the truth. Because I'm going to tell you something. Even withholding the gospel from from someone when you should have or could have done it is sin. Do you know why? Because when you withhold the gospels from someone and you don't tell them where they're heading without Christ... You're not loving them. If you truly love people, you will tell people the truth on where they're heading. And you will tell them in love. But if you withhold that and don't say a word, don't say you love people. Okay, don't say you love people. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you tell others about Christ but withhold from others, that's, that's, that's having respect of persons. That is a respect of persons. That is favoritism. And we see here in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, it says that we are to bear one another's burdens. Okay. And by doing so, we fulfill the law of Christ. Why? Because love always gives. Love always gives. Love bears all things. Turn with me to First uh, Corinthians thirteen. First Corinthians thirteen. The Bible uses the word charity, but it is a word for love. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, and uh, let's, let's start here in verse 4. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vanteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Here in verse 7. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. In verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Beareth all things. Love bears all things. Going back up to Galatians 6, 2. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, let's see here. Um, Okay, let's continue on. 
Let's go back. Uh, let's go back to verse ten. It says, "For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all." For he that said, "Do not commit adultery," said also, "Do not kill." Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye and do so, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Now, in James chapter 1, verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And Jesus said here in Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. God came to set that which is captive. He set at liberty. So that through Christ we might be free indeed. Now, in verse 13 it says, For he shall have judgment without mercy. It hath shewed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. For he shall have judgment without mercy. That hath shown no mercy. So when you don't, I'm going to tell you something. When you don't give mercy to someone, you're going to have judgment without mercy. You will. You will have judgment without mercy if you don't give mercy. In other words, if you don't give to others, if you don't give and extend to others, God will extend it to you. Okay? And again, in Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you're merciful, you will obtain mercy. In Luke chapter 6, verse 37, this is where a lot of people get mixed up in because they think that, you know, they'll take this and they'll twist it and conform it and say a whole bunch of things and say, well, look, look, you can't judge. Okay, but let's let's read it and I'll tell you what what this means. Okay, Luke chapter 6, verse 37, judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Okay? We're not to judge out of hypocrisy. Do not judge out of hypocrisy. Out of hypocrisy. Do not judge in unrighteousness. In other words, don't point the finger at someone 
and judge them when you've got three pointing right back at you. Let me tell you a story. I just want to give you a thought tonight, okay? I um I had applied for a particular job and I um I sacrificed, I made a willing sacrifice of hours to go to this interview and interview for this particular job. Well, with that sacrifice, um, this particular job never did call back. And they never called me back not once to let me know whether I got the job or not. And now you might say, well, Brandon, that's really hurtful. I mean, you should do something about that. No, we shouldn't. I should not do anything about that. Okay. Yes, it did hurt. Okay, It's something that hurts. But let me ask you a question. How many would you how many would you say that are watching have done that to Christ? Christ willingly gave his life for your sins at the cross. And how many times have you been disrespectful, willfully disobedient to one who offered his life for your sin sins I should say plural Christ offered himself freely to die on the cross for your sins how many times have you disrespected him and how many times have you willfully willfully disobeyed him in other words rebelled and you rebelled from and you rebelled by sinning when you knew it was wrong think about that i may have offered willingly to give my hours to interview for them and yes it's not it wasn't right for them to not call me but does that give me a right to hate them or cast judgment on them who are you to do that when Christ could have done that to you Christ was long suffering and it is long suffering in your disobedience and he's patient with you how much more should you be long suffering and patient with others just saying Matthew chapter 18 verse 32 through 35 goes Exactly goes this verse. This set of verses goes goes in exactly what I'm talking about. It says, "Then his Lord 
after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. I'm not going to explain there because I think I already did. I gave you a real life example. And I'll tell you something. That When that thought came to mind, I was pricked in my heart and I had to repent of it. I had to repent. I had to repent because of my, because of my attitude. And guess what? If God did that for me, if God was gracious enough to, 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 to chasten me like that, he'll chasten you for your sins. Don't think he won't, because he will. Okay, let's go to verse 14. And we're going to read all the way through 22 here. Starting in verse 14. Um, what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and any one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Okay. In James chapter 1, verse 22 through 23, it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Okay. First John chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. But whosoever hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Listen, this is all going to tie together. Okay? Your works need to exemplify your faith. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something. If you see that you have, if your brother is in need and you don't have compassion on him, how can you have the love of God in you? Okay. We are to not just love in word, neither in tongue, but we also are to love in deed. 
means your works. Your works need to exemplify your faith. If you have no faith in Christ, then your works are dead. Do you know why? Because number one, whether you're born again or not, you have no works. Christ does the work within you. He gets the glory. Without Christ, you can do nothing. But when we have our faith in Christ, we want to we want to do things for him. And when we do things for him, okay, our our works will exemplify our faith. Okay? Now, in Matthew 25 verse 35 through 36 for i was in hungered and ye gave me meat i was thirsty and ye gave me drink i was a stranger and ye took me in naked and ye clothed me i was sick and ye visited me i was in prison and ye came into me jesus said he later then says what have you done unto these little ones you've done unto me Go, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. By love. Now, Verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Your works should exemplify your faith. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision by faith which worketh by love. Okay, I already read that. I do apologize. Uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 through 19. And ye should know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Amen. Now, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and they tr and tremble. Okay. Just because somebody says they know Christ, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Anybody can claim and know and say they know Christ. But first of all, you need to test the spirits. Second of all, you need to know what 
You need to know what kind of fruit they're bearing because if they're bearing rotten fruit, I guarantee you they're not in Christ. You shall know them by their fruits. Test the spirits, test their fruit. We are to be fruit inspectors. Just because somebody says they know Christ doesn't mean they actually know know Christ. Because James says even the devils believe and they tremble. Okay, Acts chapter 19 verse 15, it says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? So just because, just because you claim Christ does not mean that you are of him. Because even the devils know who he is. And they believe and they tremble. They fear and they tremble. Okay. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils. And in thy name done many for many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Let me get something straight. Just because you claim to know Christ doesn't mean you knew, doesn't mean that you're born again. Just because you claim to to do all these wonderful works doesn't mean you're born again. Because I'm going to tell you something. We are saved by grace through faith. Grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast, for it is a gift of God. If you claim to know Christ and the only thing you can do is brag about your good works, I question your salvation. Because if you mention – if all you mention is good works but you don't mention anything about being saved by faith, I question your salvation. Because we are not saved by works. We're not saved, we're not saved by good works. We don't do good works to get saved. We do works because we are saved. There's a difference. We do works because we are saved. Because we know how much Christ loves us. And we know how, we know what he's done for us. And we know that when, when, when we recognize the love that he has for us and when we get born again, all we want to do is do things for him, and it's not a chore. We want to do things because we are saved, because we are God's children. We want to do those things, if that makes sense. So if you think that you can coast through life saying, claiming that you know Christ and all you do is brag about all your good works – your good works are not your good works are not going to amount to a hill of beans at the end of the day. They just won't. 
Now, verse 20, it says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest how faith wrought with his works, and by works was with was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Okay. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, and from whence also he received him in a figure. And a figure. Okay, now I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but go read Genesis chapter 22. Okay, if you have a hard time memorizing it, think of it this way 22 is the number for revelation. And it's Genesis 22 when Abraham offers up his, his only begotten son to God. It's a type and picture of what God was going to do. For us, 22 is the number for revelation. Okay, now we see that that Abraham considered that God would raise him up from the dead. Okay, and so God was testing Abraham. He was trying Abraham's faith. Now in Genesis 22, it's going to say... Abraham was tempted of God. Okay, now now people will say, well, look, that that's a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. Because God cannot tempt himself. Okay? What that's talking about is that God... Okay, what that's talking about is that God is trying Abraham's faith. And because Abraham had faith... It caused Abraham to do what God was wanting him to do. So therefore, his works was exemplifying Abraham's faith. The question I have for you is, does your works exemplify your faith in Christ? Because it will, when you're, if you're born again, truly born again, your works will exemplify your faith. Amen. Now, I'm actually going to go back up to verse 23 here, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue on here. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. 
Okay, Romans chapter 4, verse 3, it says, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And this is what we see here in James. Okay, now, in Genesis 15, 6, it says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it for him for righteousness. Amen. So we see that God had imputed righteousness to him because of his faith, because his his works exemplified. It's his faith is the reason why it was imputed onto him for righteousness. Okay. Um. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise, okay, that word likewise is showing that there is another example that James is giving. And we're almost done, okay? We've got two more Two more verses to go, and we'll call it we'll call it a night. Okay, we'll, we'll close and call it a night. It says, "Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way?" Okay, in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirty-one, it says, "By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies." With peace. Okay. Now, again, you see that Rahab the harlot had faith where she took the two spies, hid them. She lied about it. She, She said, I didn't know where those two, I don't know where they went. She knew where they went, but she lied. She deliberately lied. Well, now you said, well, Brandon, you can't lie. That's that's wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. But Rahab has such faith in protecting those two. She was willing to lie to keep them protected and then send them a different way. And God rewarded her for it. She rewarded her faith. It wasn't the sin. It was her faith that she rewarded and therefore lived. Amen. Now, um... Last verse, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is all is dead also. So again, in James and James chapter two, verse 17, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. And we see it here again in verse 26. That the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Amen. So, we are not saved by works. We're saved by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But your works need to exemplify your faith. Amen. So, 
that is actually it on chapter two. And we'll be getting into chapter three here, Lord willing, next week. Okay, so next week, Lord willing, we will be doing um, chapter three. Uh, because I'm taking some time off of Facebook, there is no Friday Night Fellowship for a while. No Friday Night Fellowship for a while. Um, Sunday, there may uh, – pray for me. don't know if I'm going to have a message or not Sunday, so you pray for me. Um, a week from Sunday, uh, next Tuesday, we'll get into uh, James chapter 3. And then a week from Sunday – um, I will be preaching on um, God's ways and thoughts are higher. Okay, so you pray for me on that. Um, that's actually it for tonight. I don't have any more. We're done for tonight. Um, I was actually thinking about doing a. Um, I was thinking about doing a uh, like um, kind of like a um, a devotional on my thought today. Um, Boy, I tell you what, it just happened that the, that uh, it actually worked out in this particular uh, Bible study. So I won't be doing a devotional tonight. So this this is it. This is uh, the, the this is this is the uh, video for the for the night. So, um, but listen, I love you guys, and I hope this will be a blessing to you. And uh, if you guys, if you all like what the Lord is doing, um, and uh, please do. Sh- Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to limit to that, okay? But if if you feel led to if you feel led to um, share these videos, by all means, do please share these videos with people, okay? Um, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel, and um, I just want to just encourage you um, share the YouTube channel with other people. Let them just let them be aware of. That there's a YouTube channel preaching the word of God, okay? So you share the YouTube channel. Please do. Um, please do share these videos uh, with as the Lord directs, okay? So anyways, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a really uh, blessed evening. And uh, Lord willing, we'll, uh, we'll either see you Sunday or we'll see you in another week, okay? Uh, That is it. God bless you guys. Love you. And we'll see you later. God bless you guys. See ya. Bye.